0: Podeskew is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network.
1: I'm Midnight Agent Raw, and I'm Okami. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast, and each week we give a comedic take on all forms of entertainment, such as movies, music, video games, television, and much more. So put your shades on and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Shades on, we're all. Q Podcast I am CJ with me as always is my head Royal Life Mate Rico. What's up, man?
0: Uh, replicants and motherfucker and
1: <laughs> fucking <friggin' laughs> uh, You know, what, dude. I, I I gotta admit, mention I, I I miss doing that. We haven't done this in a couple weeks because you were away, and I like even when you took time off to move, I had people fill in, so I still at least got to do the intro. I just altered it to you know, fit you, whoever was filling in your shoes, but right, I, I haven't actually done that in two weeks. It's a little, <laughs> that's a little weird. So.
0: I know. And then I intro with fucking the most mumbly of mumbler fuckers. Mumble fuckers.
1: fuckers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, welcome back. Glad you had a good time as people probably already heard on our little bonus thing that we did with Steph and surprise, surprise, she's back again. Hi, Steph. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Um, I I know I know two people in particular that are going to be amazingly happy that this is happening right now, and do not give a fuck about us two chuckleheads anymore. We are we are background noise for the rest of this episode, starting right well, now. So
0: yeah, four if you count you and me, because like <laughs> today's today's fucking franchise. Uh, I we. I will say that CJ and I both had, like, we were we we wanted to do this. We've been planning this yes. for fucking this, ever.
1: This is not something that was like, and Steph, I say this with as much love as possible, because sometimes you've said to us, hey, why don't we all talk about blah, 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 and you come up with some topic, and we're like, yeah, let's do that one, right? But it's your idea. This one was our idea, and you were like, hey, can I talk about it, too? And we were like, yeah, of course you can. But We didn't even give
0: her the opportunity to say, no, honey, we need you. Yeah, we're like, you, you, <laughs> basically. You... So just because, you know, we'll fucking kill the lead as always, we're doing the Blade Runner films. That's Blade Runner, and we're doing the final cut because that's what was available on HBO, and then Blade Runner 2049. Because that's there's only one version, um, right? We and like I said, CJ and I were we were very like we're gonna fucking like go into a deeper franchise than you know. Hey, it's fucking Marvel and fucking <laughs> you know. So we we're like, all right, we're gonna fucking put our yeah. big pants on, and it turns out we both need belts, um, and <laughs> suspenders, and and like and uh... measures, and so we. I will say. I really fucking tried because so I tried I. because I I saw the first Blade Runner and I don't know which version I saw. It was definitely not the final cut because the final cut didn't I, exist until. Recently. I
1: have seen up to this point, and I didn't do all of this for this recording, but I have seen the director's cut and I have seen the final cut of the first Blade Runner. Um, the nineteen eighty 1980,
2: the nineteen eighty nine version.
1: Correct. Yeah. So. I but what I had not seen up to this recording was 2049 with uh Ryan Gosling. It's Ryan Gosling, right? Yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. So um which by the way HBO completely fucking misrepresents in their in their uh, Did you read the description for that movie? No. It says and I look I'm spoilers but we're going to be talking about this anyway, but it says Ryan or Ryan Gosling teams up with Harrison Ford to hunt leftover replicants. That's not what happens in this fucking movie. It's still, no, it's still not at all. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't know if they're burying, like it was meant to be like on purpose misleading or yes. you know, Yes. Someone... Because
0: they absolutely were like, Hey, we got Harrison Ford. Y'all like Harrison Ford. And we're like, Yeah, we like Harrison Ford. Where the fuck is he? And then in comparison, Harrison Ford is all over the first Blade Runner. And I was like, I don't like him. Like, I don't really like his character in this.
1: Uh, I was like, I don't really like this
0: movie. (laughs) That too. But like, 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 let me just get this out of the way. I fucking when I saw the first Blade Runner, whatever version I saw, it's probably the director's cut. I was a kid. And I was kind of I mean I was like maybe eleven
1: well wait, let me ask you this because I actually got no on on the bonus episode you talked about um meeting up with Jamie and Shannon, and I actually had a conversation with Shannon not long ago, and I was telling him that we're gonna be doing this franchise and doing this episode, and he was telling me uh and i agree and then I looked this up so he's he's right, not that I thought he was wrong, lying or anything, but um the the one that you saw before do you remember if it had voiceover, like a noir kind of thing?
0: No. I don't remember it having any voiceover. I don't think it was. The, uh, the I've, voiceover I've, heard, is... I've heard the same thing. If if you hear Harrison Ford narrating, it's it's a bad one.
1: It's, it's, a bad the, it's but it's the original too. That's right. how you know it's the original theatrical release. It's the
0: So I think I saw a director's cut okay. before the final cut. Sure. Uh either way, it was Born as all hell because I was 11. I'm like, hey, it's going to be hot solo and robots and future. And no, dude, it was fucking. No. Like, here's my first gripe. They should not call it fucking robots.
1: Well, they don't really. They call them replicants.
0: They call them, but in the opening text, they call them robots. And I'm like, okay, robots have. M- like machine parts. I'm like, we we gotta find these replicants. We they can- We gotta find these robots. And I'm like, have you tried an X-ray?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like they have all this futuristic shit. But they don't have X-ray goggles. Be like, there's a machine. There's the Terminator. Fucking shoot.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> you guys are kind of jumping ahead of what I have planned for you. For Loli- what we. Loli- okay. Or- uh, well, uh, well. All right. Well, yeah, okay. Shit, sorry. So the-, the guys. They were like. We don't like this movie. How are we going to be able to talk about this for a full length episode? Because both of them don't like the movies, it, it, and I was been... like, "Are you kidding me? I've got so many topics that we can talk about."
0: Yeah, but <laughs> might... did you like the movies? Yes and no. Aha!
1: Uh-huh. Very quickly, it might have been the shortest potiskew in the history of potiskews if we didn't have stuff joints. <laughs> <laughs> it would right. have been like, it would have <laughs> been like, we don't like this... this. The second one's okay. Have a good night. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: yeah, it'd be like, if Steph wasn't around, It's was like, welcome to everybody, oh, but fuck, fuck, bleeders suck! Bye! Awesome. <laughs> what the fuck, Jared Leto?
1: <laughs> Actually, I, I didn't think he was terrible, but we'll get there.
0: I yeah. was very fucking unnerved by him, but what uh, that's well, expected, because that, Jared I Leto. Think,
1: I also think that was the idea, but, you know. Yeah, but he
0: didn't do anything, apart from gut, a uh, fucking, whatever.
2: Anyway. <laughs> uh so one of the main topics that i wanted to talk about um in the movies is you know in this me too lgbtq era that in the in the movies there it's binary there's male and female only even in the 2049 future version that was filmed in 2017 it still features heavily predominantly The dichotomy of male versus female, not the myriad of genders and identities that we have that are, you know, valid for centuries that are becoming more acceptable today. But the movies don't talk about them literally at all. Well, don't feature them. Don't see them. It's. To me, that's distressing.
1: <laughs> well, a couple of things. Number one, I I think first off, especially for the first one, it was not. You said it. You said it yourself. It's becoming okay, right? And more and more with every passing day. And and, and those who are long term fans of this show know that Rico and I and yourself stuff are one hundred percent supporters of all of it. But that mm-hmm. said,
2: I can. So I can understand in nineteen eighty nine. That it would be binary. I think okay. even in twenty seventeen, because it it's.
1: I think even in twenty seventeen, though, it's still it's still in terms of mainstream media, still kind of transitioning into become more and more acceptable, and and probably had just started sixteen ish. So I don't know. I I, I don't know that I'm not distressed by the fact that it's not as represented. I think it should be, but I'm not terribly surprised that it's not.
0: Well maybe that's why it was such a bleak future because they didn't fucking allow transgender people. If it was if it was true to form that well, they acknowledged transgender people, it would have been a fucking happier fucking future. But well, that, yes, because that, they were like only it's only men and women and not even bisexuals or no gays. It's like and, the whole world is dark.
1: That's true. And then the other thing is with, with twenty forty nine meant to be a direct sequel to the original um even if it takes place 40 years later it's still meant to be a direct sequel if if by that I mean, point if by that point though you don't have um in the first one that those those roles i don't think you're going to suddenly have them 30 years like i think i think it makes sense suddenly, for they come what suddenly
2: we're having a huge shift in 6 years 2016 I'm- to 2021 I, I don't but That's just, our world where it's right. become acceptable and visual and open this is our world allegedly in the future
0: Well honey in this world the rainbow exists
2: <laughs> I don't know I just found that really distressing that 30 years later 40 years later whatever the jump 30, is 30. that it's still no representation at all I mean come on guys that's I don't just know crazy writing that's that is, is you know it, is what it, that is that's male
1: gaze writing is no what i that I, is. I think i think you're looking at it too narrowly Steph. i think it i think it falls right in with what the movie did in the first one i think it i think it being it is do i do i agree that it should be represented sure but i also think it makes sense based on what you get from the first one i don't fundamentally see as big of a problem with it um because of that you know
2: well i didn't see like naked ads and literal sex in this in the in the first movie, like it's seen in the second one, there was a society jump from the first movie to the second one.
1: I see. I didn't that see was... that big of a jump, honestly. Well, I,
0: I see her point because, like, all of a sudden, like the character of Joy, uh, Ryan Gosling's fucking girlfriend, her is <laughs> yeah, her. essentially it's her, yeah. um, you know, where you could fuck Siri. You know, uh, is but
2: even uh, that like the main character, K or Joe, as he later calls himself, he's just standing out in a plaza and behind him uh, is is sex happening against the glass.
0: Yeah, I agree with both of you. I think it's hot. Let me let me state this. It would be too much of a jump. If they're trying to make an, a a true sequel to the first one, we, I I can imagine there would be a lot of reviewers saying, "Now they're just including you know all these random you know orientations." I agree. That's how evolution works, and that's how society works. Over a period of time, there are you know trans. I mean, it's not to say there weren't transgendered people in the eighties; they just weren't called transgendered. They or were called
1: invisible <laughs> yeah. or
0: they were, they were known as transvestites or trannies or, or he she's or whatever. They, it, was it was not, it, posi- was,
1: it was a negative connotation. Not it a was positive. a
0: very negative connotation. It, but here, here's my flip side. You could probably argue. Some could view this film as a analogy for transgenderness. They are, they look normal on the outside, but on the inside, they're completely different. You can view this as them saying, we don't want these replicants around. They look like us, but they're not us. That's my opinion, is that if you want to shift it, there is your transgenderism. The replicants are the transgendered. You could view this as a total homophobic film, but I don't believe it's intended to be homophobic. It's I don't think how... so
1: either. Yeah, I, was,
2: I wasn't calling it homophobic. I was just, I was just saying that there's a stark heterosexual lens. Like I don't see any naked men, but there's huge, forty-story building tall naked women ads.
0: But that we know there was a naked man. It wasn't like a fucking ad, but we did see. Dave Bautista's like you know Replicant clone body
2: Yeah but that's that was in Private I'm saying out in the public Out in this world building there's No ads of naked dudes
0: I I don't know what to tell you
2: But there's naked women Selling shit
0: well if this was a Futuristic fucking San Francisco There'd be naked men everywhere This is a futuristic Los Angeles You know which by The way it didn't look like Los Angeles. This was like, if you took New York and Japan and I fucking laughed out loud when in the first part where I think it was the first movie where Harrison Ford's like, Oh, it's over in Chinatown. I'm like, how the fuck can you tell where Chinatown is in this goddamn city? Everything like is an- Korean or Japanese. What the fuck? Everything turns out everything is made in China. <laughs> Uh, I, I think, Steph, I think you have a good point. The, the I will probably argue that at the time, in the early 80s, there were not as many women filmgoers that were flocking to see this type of movie. I'm not saying there weren't, but I'm saying it's very much catered to the man gaze. I agree.
2: And I was giving that a pass. Just, okay. Just let it go. It's the era. I understand how and when it was developed. Fine. But you're telling me, as a society, in the future, we didn't change
1: Is it three yes.
2: years. When we're having stark changes in six.
1: CJ, what'd you say? I Well, I said, yeah, it's a possibility. And honestly, the other thing, I, 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 this seems to be a common argument when the three of us discuss movies, whether it's on here or privately, but it's a movie I, I think it doesn't always have to. I'm just saying it doesn't always have to reflect what's actually happening. That's, you know, I what I, mean? I
0: think for this world, it was it was going to be unlikely to have a to- complete total shift, because I will say this, whether I liked both films or just one film, I have to admit Twenty forty nine felt like a real sequel. It felt seamless. It's a completely different director, it's a completely different writer, but goddamn, it felt like a sequel to Blade Runner.
1: The other thing the other thing I'll say, Steph, is in just, just in a more general sense, I mean there's a lot of movies that take place in the future where you don't have that. I mean, I, 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 I think of, I, I think about Demolition Man immediately and there's no I mean there's no Transgenderness, or at least openly represented, that I can think of anywhere in that film, you know. Um, Taco Bell is everywhere, though. Taco Bell is <laughs> everywhere. Um, you know, even Johnny Mnemonic. There's there's transgender, but it's not, It's more. It's honestly, it is more of a transvestite thing than a transgender thing in in that film. I mean, it. it a lot of these, you know, future, you you know, dystopian. Or even utopian films don't typically represent that.
2: Writers from basically 2016 to present that don't include more than just male and female are terrible writers, is what I'm saying.
0: It it, you it is possible that in
2: it it is pandering to the heterosexual gaze, and I I find it irritating.
1: I think in this case,
2: society. If, if we don't see something different,
1: I think in this case, it's pandering to the first movie. That's all it's it has nothing to do with I have anything beyond that. It's pandering th- to make it to Rico's point of it being a different writer, different director and feeling like a seamless sequel. That's what they were going for. And that's that's and the fact that it didn't exist in the first one, I, regardless of how much time takes place between the two films. That's what they were going for.
0: I still think my my theory holds merit. I think it could be there is an analogy of transgenderism, but it is the replicants. It is.
2: It, I I see the replicants versus the humans more as a racism issue, but than it's, a transgendered issue. Honey, but you
0: you could argue the same thing. It's it's if you want if you want twenty forty nine to be woke, and with the times, then yes, it is. Black Lives Matter, it is trans rights it is a whole what they would deem a subspecies or not real humans and they're just like, we just want to be treated equally we just want what's fair we want, it, we, we want to rise up so you can look at it as that is the trans rights that is the Black Lives Matter that is what's right and ultimately, all the scientists all the white Males, you know, that forcing everyone to look through their eyes of look at this, you know, big boob chick who will be your girlfriend or look at all the statues of big boob chicks. By the way, big boob chicks have been statues forever. like that's not ever going to go away. And that's always been a thing. Arguably, there are also plenty of statues of dudes showing off their schlongs, too. All through the Renaissance. I think Greece made many money. Making fucking Greek statues with giant dicks. So
2: my my point is is male gaze is is taking female bodies and chunking them into parts in the camera lens and and that dehumanizes women.
0: Agreed. But you would also have to argue you'd also have to at least agree with me that the some of the strongest characters in both these films are women. They're villains, for the most part but they're women or they're women replicants. Yeah. I mean, who fucking tosses Harrison Ford around the most? Who tosses fucking Ryan Gosling around the most. Women. I mean and also Rutger Hauer. but like who uh, you know who I, I have to admit, the scariest motherfucker in the first Blade Runner was Daryl Hannah. If you If you had asked me who's the scariest per- actor or actress, it would have been Sean Young. But, no, Daryl fucking Hannah is absolutely terrifying in the first Blade Runner. And whoever uh, Love is, the the character Love in 2049, she's fucking scary, too. You could also argue that that is a male gaze of women are dangerous and, you know, they may look beautiful, but they'll snap your fucking neck and they'll they will fucking kill that small chin really fucking quickly for no reason. I was really upset about that. I love that actor. And I'm like, oh, wow, they really fucking killed him for no reason. Yeah, fucking polka dot man.
2: But but that is a male gaze thing. Is that the women are either passive and unable to fight against it, or have to be just as strong as
0: or stronger
2: and snap your necks? Like that is another male gaze thing. <laughs> I
0: mean, that's just,
2: it, it. I don't know the the biggest my biggest problem with the second with the twenty forty nine film was that it just kind of churned my stomach as to how much. I had to basically pretend to be a white male watching the movie to enjoy it.
0: But, Steph, and I'm not trying to belittle you in any way, but don't you have to do that for the most part of any movie anyways?
2: I'm, depending on the era that it comes out.
0: Okay, so for a movie that I is... Didn't, I didn't trying... have
2: to do that for the first Wonder Woman movie or for Captain Marvel.
0: Because those are catered for women. That's different, though. <laughs> the, but I'm talking about like if if you, you know, for a movie that's set in the '80s or not set in the well, no, it's not set in the '80s, but filmed in the '80s. Mm-hmm. I hate to, you know, there's not a whole lot of.
2: No, I know. I'm. I'm not. I wasn't trying to impose wokeism onto the original film. I'm just saying the second film.
0: You'd I expect I was them to be.
2: More. I was expecting more from the writers, honestly.
0: Well, I don't know yeah, if you could... A little
2: bit. Even just a little bit. Like, some kind of androgyny, like how you see in... um, What's that one Tom Hanks did? uh, Cold Atlas. Or, uh, what's that Atlas one?
1: Cloud Atlas.
2: Cloud Atlas. Cloud Cloud Atlas. Atlas. You, yeah, you but... see a myriad of genders in Cloud Atlas, and it's set in the future.
0: But didn't... I? <laughs> but didn't that bomb... Maybe I I, 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 I don't know I don't know if you can fully blame the writers and I and I'm saying this because I've heard a lot of writers say I wrote a script it's not what they filmed I did right. my part you have to ultimately it goes also, to the studio
2: also it's the directors and the editor editing floor and the studio. and
0: the studio yeah the studio like can complete like the studio could take a whole movie that's full of transgendered. Non-binary and binary characters, and say, yeah, no. They some do, some do influence fucking movies all the time. I don't know for a fact if that's what they did for this one. I do know that there are three versions of the first Blade Runner. So clearly, studios love to interfere with what Ridley Scott intended.
2: True enough. True enough. So to, he, to, to expand on that racism thing, mm-hmm. I I kind of made a. Uh, a, a little list of like the tolerance of robotics in future films. Mm-hmm. So my example kind of goes like the most tolerance of having robots in intermingled with society is bicentennial man. Sure. And then the, ex, the other extreme would obviously be matrix.
0: Yeah. I think in the middle ground would probably be iRobot if I would, you know, make that so, leap.
2: So, my my list would be from most tolerance to least tolerance is bicentennial man, to AI artificial intelligence, to there's this TV series that the Swedish people did in 2012 to 2014 called Real Humans as the uh, English translation of, um, which really touches a lot on what Blade Runner is. Mm-hmm. But um, then there's iRobot like you said and then I would go the Blade Runner movies, and then Matrix. Like, tolerance levels of having uh, AI intermingled in our society.
0: I would like also to mention that the Matrix films was an allegory and metaphor for transgenderism. Just pointing that out there. So, there are some that do try to make that effort. Essentially, yeah. in, in what you would want for 2049, you kind of wanted... The Matrix of Blade Runner films. In a roundabout way. Yes. Okay. I'm it's sure CJ good. would agree.
2: <laughs> where, where the lens doesn't have to like focus on like kissing. Ha- and, and boobs. And butts. And, and legs walking upstairs. And that kind of stuff. To ha- have. As what I'm watching as a viewer.
0: Essentially Blade Runner 2049. Was the, it's own porn parody.
2: Yeah. It's distressing. I hated it, that portion of it. I hated that portion of it. All right.
0: <laughs> um, as for robots being like, I mean, so you're you're talking about the real world. You wouldn't like extend it to like Star Trek or Star Wars.
2: Well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really know how that would fit in with the uh, with my hierarchy of tolerance.
1: Well, Star, Trek, <laughs> Star Trek's the real world, though. I mean, the the Federation is based out of San Francisco, so like, it's true. You know, Star Wars. I can give you being different because it's in a galaxy far, far away.
0: But I don't see the I don't so, see the robots or droids though so in Star Trek. Star oh,
1: yeah. Trek
2: Data. Data.
0: Oh yeah, that's right.
2: Would probably fit in on maybe the same level as Bicentennial Man or AI. Then
0: I would love to see Data throw down. Like that would be fucking cool.
1: Oh, he <laughs> he does. If you watch the show, does he? Oh yeah, Data. <laughs> All right, Data, Data got. Cold cocked in one episode and just stood there like hey, that's funny and then threw the dude. <laughs> so, although he didn't react because he has no emotions, but that's a whole different
0: or pain sensors.
1: Well, that's why he didn't react. But he right. But he he didn't also like he didn't like la- like that. Hey, he didn't do that. He just stood there and threw the guy. But like as the fan, you emoted for him. Hey, you are idiot. You know. And, yeah, he,
0: he had more emotion than Harrison Ford. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, that's all. Yeah, the most emotion I've seen him have is get off my plane. I mean, come on, let's be real about it. So <laughs>
0: uh, he has a lo- <laughs> he has a lot of emotion in the fugitive.
1: I didn't, I didn't kill my it. wife,
0: and Tommy Lee like, I don't
1: care. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it, so I can't. I can't. Oh, I- you still got him. Yeah.
2: Well, but but you guys kind of bleed into my next topic, which is animatronics. You know, like robot versus organic robotics like how it is in Blade Runner so clearly that like that upset you Rico <laughs> that well, it, it's more bicentennial later bicentennial where it's a uh, organic robotics rather than animatronic robotics
0: right but the you see inside his own you see Robin Williams's organs and they look like artificial... It looks like an artificial heart. It looks like artificial lungs. I don't understand how it was so difficult for these fucking uh, Blade Runners to try and figure out what's a replicate. Oh, you gotta look right in their eyes and see their fucking the glowy red bullshit. Like... Okay, so you gotta you gotta wait for every one of them to go to a fucking optometrist and have like a record of like, all right, this motherfucker's eyes glowed red. It could be pink eye. I don't know. Um, you know, <laughs> it, 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 I mean, how many times from like an old fucking old fashioned camera that we all have red eyes? you know, so like everyone's a replicant. I, I don't know. I just don't i don't I don't like the fact they call them robots because when I think of like, a robot or a machine that looks human, I think Terminator. Mm
2: hmm.
0: You know, or Bicentennial Man. Like, not for nothing, he looks like a robot under his skin. He has like artificial robotic organs. You, if you could tell, if you, if you walk through an x ray, you'd be like, yeah, those aren't real. I mean, <laughs> uh, there's that male gaze. <laughs> Why? Wow, yeah, Robin, those aren't real. Those are artificial. <laughs> But, like, for them to have to fucking, like, look through, like, the bottom lower lip or something to determine if this is organic or bioorganic or a robot. Just don't call them fucking robot. Just say, hey, they, these are artificial. These are, you know, lab babies. Whatever.
2: Basically, they're basically like clones, but of well, a... Well, they
0: call, they call robotic, them clones.
2: But of a robotic beginnings, you know.
0: I understand that. I'm just saying it was too loose of a word to throw around and they should have like updated it like for the sequel. Stop. I mean, they call them fucking, you know, replicants and that's fine. Never use the word robot. Then don't refer to them as machines or robots. Just say they're replicants. They're fucking test tube clone babies that have like a serial number underneath their, you know, taint, whatever. You know, it says "Main China on the left ear. Whatever. Just have that be a thing.
2: Well, it's funny that you bring that up because that kind of bleeds into my next topic I wanted to talk about, which is the will to live that storylines that are in the first versus the second film. So on the
1: Teacher, first... Are we
0: going too fast for you? Like, is there stuff that you want to talk about as we're talking about? Like,
1: No, I've been trying to find any data on Steph's first point to see if there's any anything about that oh
2: about binary male gaze and stuff yeah okay so the will to live stories in the first film they have a finite the replicants the the robots have a finite lifespan and there was a great line about how you know um those who are oh gosh what was it I, i hate that i can't remember the line exactly Uh, It was like, those who are perfect burn brighter, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, they are allegedly the perfect uh, humans. And because they're organically made and they can withstand things to a, a, a higher degree, a higher tolerance than what original human bodies can do, which is why they're sent to places that are uninhabitable replicants are and they have a finite lifespan i was like okay so the the will to live in the first story of our bad guys is that they want to live longer they don't want to die in four years they want to be more they want to live like humans but in this in the 2049 there is no finite lifespan there if they can exist for as long as as their parts will work, and I found just that... just like a human, yeah, just like a human. And I think that really, to me, that kind of undercut their the will to live story that they were trying to push in the second film.
0: Well, no, they they were they had the ability to live a long life. That doesn't necessarily mean they had the right to is by so they're now it's it's not that. They're fighting, I want to have a long lifespan. It's that I want to be able to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. That's what they're fighting for in the second one. It's a revolution of like, yay, we've evolved. Now let us live. Let us just fucking be normal people. Let us wander around in society. Stop fucking persecuting us. You know, it's, it's, you have to, like, yes, they didn't keep up with the Binary and non-binary, but non-binary times, but it made sense for replicants to have been improved, because that's all science and machinery is going to do, is improve, um, unless it's a fucking app that just, god damn it, won't work properly. Um, but that being said, it's, it is the iRobot revolution. It is, we can think, therefore we are. You mm-hmm. know, and, and we have, you know, it like that whole opening scene with De Bautista, he, the implication is he's been hiding for 25 years, just keeping yeah. to himself
2: as a farmer, just as, as a, farmer, a dude,
0: like, and he's a big fucking dude who like was a veteran. And that's the other thing that they don't really fucking talk about is that he was like, there were wars that he was a part of, that he mm-hmm. He if if a replicant doesn't know they're a replicant, which we will touch upon later, and they have emotions like you and I have emotions, does that mean a replicant can have PTSD and trauma and nightmares? The, here's the thing that you both I don't know if you know. The original story for Blade Runner is not called Blade Runner. It's called Do Sheep Dream Dream. Or something. It's I, I. I'll have to look up the tit- the original title, but it's essentially do sheep do. Ro- no, it's a. Do- that's what it is. Do robots dream of sheep? Mm-hmm. Which is there lies the fucking question. If they, if they have personalities and they have memories, which is a R- whole Rico, thing. Whether the-
1: do androids dream of electric sheep? That's there. The- you go there.
0: Which is still the whole root of the of the question. Do they dream of sheep, or do they dream of robot sheep? You know, yeah. or, you know, if, it's what, what makes a android or a replicant tick, especially if they truly believe they're human, you know?
2: You're touching on a philosophical idea that Mary Shelley brought up with Frankenstein is, of consciousness, what is a soul?
0: Back to this fucking conversation, are we not, Steph? We had this goddamn conversation yesterday. mostly. Yeah. We... <laughs>
2: No, we don't have to go into this whole topic, but, but that's like, that's basically what's being challenged here is that if you give a machine a sense of having memories and a way of having consciousness, much like how we do with our frontal lobes and such, mm-hmm. what makes them less human than us?
0: Well, the, different, the difference between the androids in the first film and in the second film is that De Bautista knew that he'd been living for 30 years, minimum. He's, mm-hmm. His memories are not implanted. They may be implanted at the beginning, but then he lived for thirty years. He developed emotions. He developed new memories. He developed new traumas. So, I think that's an underlying theme that is not spoken about: is that the replicants they want those. They want those those full experiences of trauma, of love, of good and bad emotions so they can feel as human as possible. Apart from a serial number, they're as close to human as we'll ever be. Mm-hmm. If, if not, sometimes more so. Because they're prob- if they are androids or replicants and they're aware of that, they'll be like, well, this is that human emotion that I've been wanting and craving. I, it's fear, but I'll take it, because now I can live it. Most humans don't want half the emotions that we have to experience. We don't want to be scared. Some do. Some want to have that thrill of being scared on a roller coaster or watching a horror film. Some don't even attempt the pursuit of love out of fear of heartbreak or rejection. Like, so to see Bautista's character, I keep bringing him up because he he has such a profound impact for me as a viewer, where I'm like, one, apart from Robin Williams, I've never seen an Old Android. Or an right. older android. They're usually ageless. They usually live for hundreds of years and blah, blah, blah. And this is a dude who's like, I want to experience growing. I want to experience nature. I want to make fucking garlic beetle soup or whatever the fuck. So I, I found it fabulous and, and, and interesting. I still didn't like either fucking movie, but I was really kind of like... Wow, they made Drax. They took Drax, and they made him really fucking interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, because Drax... And 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 relatable. Because Drax, as a character, is all emotion from Guardians of the Galaxy, but he doesn't understand subtleties. Whereas this is a character who looks for the subtleties. I just thought it was the complete opposite of Drax, and I give Dave Bautista all the credit. Especially when you're sitting next to fucking... Ryan Gosling, who, you know,
2: and a funny way of, 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 adding into that is like, you know, research has been done on emotions and emotional ranges. And it's typical for people to have simultaneous emotions from like one or two up to seven mm-hmm. simultaneous emotions in a given moment. And I think that is, you know, uh, it, that's where, the people who have challenges of controlling or understanding emotions, it's it leads <laughs> into that because it's if you can only work at one emotion at a time, you can't relate to someone who's going through several of them in a single moment.
0: Well, then fucking Dave Bautista's character should have like experienced an orgasm. Cause you can experience like so many emotions in one orgasm. CJ, what were you going to say?
1: I just, I just, I found some, some data here on, on just some different perspectives on the, the, how women are portrayed. So not the binary stuff, but specifically what you're talking about, about the, the, the women being very sexualized or whatever stuff. Cause that, that seems to be the thing everyone was kind of uh, discussing based on this, so not so much the non-binary gender part of it, but uh, so
2: the eroticism of female characters.
1: Correct, right. So there's three things here that I feel like are pertinent. There's a lot of data here, and if I read it all we'd be here for an hour, just me reading stuff, and not all of it I feel really relevant. Some of it really is. (laughs) So the three I'm going to read, One is the first one is Rachel Keynes. She wrote, at the time she was writing for a movie pilot it's an online movie magazine i don't know if she still is it's unclear to me she said that the gender politics in blade runner 2049 are intentional the movie is about secondary citizens replicants orphans women slaves just by depicting these secondary citizens in subjugation doesn't mean it's in support of those depictions it's a condemnation of them and then Helen Lewis of the New Statesman of British uh magazines wrote that the film is an uneasy feminist parable about controlling the means of reproduction, and that it's villain Neander Wallace is consumed by rage that women can do something that he cannot so that's what and then and then to finish it off Dallas Dallas sorry Dennis Villanueva. The director says that he is very sensitive to the portrayal of women in the film. But Blade Runner is not about tomorrow; it's about today, and the world is not kind to women today. And basically, the way he's re- the way it reads, he's saying that if we don't make the changes you're talking about, that's what we're going to get to, and that's the point of the way it's just, the way it's depicted the way that it is. It's meant to be a Let's not get there as opposed to that's okay. And that's what, that's, that's what I can find anyway. So I don't know if that clarifies anything or, or changes anything, but that's, that's what I got.
2: I wish that they would have explained that in the film itself.
1: And that's, that's a fair point to make stuff, but I, 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 I kind of saw it that way anyway, but I can see how you may not have, and that's. Perfectly fine, but
0: I think it's pretty blatant. I have to agree with both of you that I do wish they kind of embellished a little bit of that of the intent, but I think it's pretty rampant when uh Jared Leto gives that really creepy monologue and then he what's he do? He 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 slashes a woman, he slashes a replicant in her womb essentially and leaves yeah, her, has her
2: bleed know. out, yeah.
0: Which I, before we start, before we really officially start, I said, like, Jared Little really didn't do much for this movie apart from look creepy. Uh, But now that you read those portions, CJ, it's pretty uh, apparent that he is so consumed with rage and jealousy of any woman being able to create life in an organic, natural way, and then find out there is a replicant that was able to achieve a live birth uh, made him such a woman hater and mother hater. It's like, you look at that character like, this is a dude whose mother did not breastfeed
1: him. <laughs> I'm still trying to kind of figure out how that happened, by the way. Because, like, from it, and Steph, I, I know you sent us that list. I don't have it right up in front of me, so maybe I may be skipping down a little bit. But, like, I'm trying to figure out, they obviously bleed. We've seen that, like you made the point, he slices the the girl and the woman in the in the womb, and then we even back in the original one, we saw replicants bleed. So that's not a thing. It that, looked
0: like oil, though it was black ish.
1: But
2: yeah, but no, it's, you're going you're going back to my point about organic robotics. So well, you're but, asking how is it that a robot can?
1: Like I I I know how Deckard's half of that combination worked. I'm trying to figure out how her half worked. Besides having the vessel to to cultivate obviously they might have built a womb shite thing within this android or this replicant but the the missing piece to me would be the eggs
2: (laughs) well okay so they implied in the 2049 version that the hookup of um rick and rachel in, in the first film was deliberate so, what they're basically saying is that Dr. Eldon Tyrell, who created the original replicants, yeah. intended on these two characters getting together and potentially creating an organic replicant.
1: Okay, then I, I think I missed something. So, I'm not going to lie. Fucking, I think I missed something well, somewhere there. But
0: I have something to to leap off of that because I don't know if this was – I have to double-check the list, too. I have it in front of me, Steph, but – There is the underlying question of the first film if Deckard is a replicant.
1: Which is still unanswered officially.
0: (laughs) But I have to say that it's more blatant in the final cut than it is in other previous versions. At one point, Harrison Ford's eyes have a red glow. He's Mm -hmm. sort of. Unfocused in the background, the camera is f- is uh, uh, focused on Rachel Sean Young's car- uh, character, but you see Harrison Ford have you know the devil eyes for a brief portion, and there you know during uh, conversations between Rachel and uh, Deckard, it was impl- it was the implication that he himself was a replicant, mm-hmm. Harrison Ford kept insisting that he didn't want him to be a replicant, and when he saw the final cut, he was really fucking mad at Ridley Scott for leaning towards that assumption. Now, if we are to believe that in Ridley Scott's definitive version of Blade Runner 1, then Deckard is a replicant, but then that also, I don't know if that makes sense for the next film. Like, does that, does that implication is that two replicants had a organic baby or once human, once a replicant, and they had a half replicant baby? Like, it, I guess it's, de- it depends on how you look at it.
1: Right. Yeah. I
2: mean, I would, I would even presume to jump to the next level of because uh, these organic robotics, that, you know, are, are being used that it's it's basing it off of how we create which is cell division and cell division has imperfections and that could lead to evolution within the the host so she could be exposed to organic material and the body and her or her robotic body would adjust to oh this is how. This is what we need to do. I,
0: the more I think about, I don't think.
2: But I don't think it would really work so well on that, especially since that line of robotic robots were supposed to have a finite lifespan.
0: But I also don't think. Now, the more I think about it, that, Deckard is a replicant in the second film because even if he aged, he'd still be massively strong, like Dave Bautista. Dave mm-hmm. Bautista's character. Physically looks whatever fifty five, right. but he's still throwing fucking Brian you know Gosling around through a wall no less. Yeah. So Harrison Ford, while he's in very good shape for a hundred and seven, <laughs> which look man, they really need to fucking figure out what they're doing for Indy five because like he is. He broke his arm and they've only been filming for two fucking weeks. Like, God damn it. Don't kill Harrison Ford for Indiana Jones five, for Christ's sake. Anyways, he, he, you know, he runs and he moves like, you know, he's, he's punching the fuck out of Ryan Gosling. Everyone punches Ryan Gosling in this fucking movie. But like Ryan Gosling is like, kind of like, all right, dude, seriously. Like, are you still, you still want to do this? Like, come on, like enough. So I think, that's one of the underlying uh, uh, plot holes is that if this is a true sequel to Blade Runner and by definition the, the final cut, the definitive version, then the fact that he is leading towards being a replicant in the first film doesn't make sense for him to be a replicant in the second film. Right. You know, you see what I'm saying. Like, it's one or the other.
2: I so, um. Well, I don't know. I would say that, you know, older models may have functional
1: problems that newer models wouldn't. Oh,
0: so, okay. So it's like a T-800 as opposed to... A T- okay, I gotcha. What were you going to say?
1: I would. I was just going to say, I mean, like, Steph, you've got this great list of stuff, and I don't want to get away from it at all, but I want to come back to a higher level discussion for a minute just about the two the two leads being... Um, Kay and Deckard, and I got to be honest with you. I found Kay to be an incredibly much more likable character. Like I, I, or at least Agreed. identifiable character. Maybe about likable. I, I just found. I found myself much more interested in what happened to that character than I ever did whatever happened to Deckard. Like, agreed. And, and I did, I, but I was curious. Ironically, I was curious about what happened to Deckard in that thirty-year gap. Like when we finally mm-hmm. meet up with Deckard in twenty forty-nine, he was more likable in that that character himself. Not even, not even. Um, K versus Deckard, but Deckard himself in 2049 was much more likable. And, and I was much more vested in what happened to him in that version of the film than I was in the, in the original film. And
0: I think I could boil it down to one scene in the first film. I, I, when he fucking grabs Rachel and like throws her across the room and then forces a kiss on her. It, he, I don't give a fuck like he uh, he was it, he became more unlikable for me and Stephanie that was really hard and then I found out that he actually Harrison Ford accidentally threw her a little too hard and like Sean Young like hurt herself in that scene like mm-hmm. and was not happy but like rolled with the scene so the discomfort that you see in on film is very real in fact, randomly, it may have been the fact that I was watching clips of Blade Runner afterwards to try and like prep for this, uh or it could just been coincidence or it could have been fucking, you know, Siri or or fucking Apple just or uh Google being like, "I know you're interested in robotics. Let me share some <laughs> fucking videos on YouTube." There was a study where a woman who is <clears throat> an expert on the law. So she's a lawyer, but she also knows how rape, sexual harassment, and all that is expertly categorized. So she was watching scenes in movies,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and she was picking random movies, like or movies that pe- that were chosen for her that people want to know, hey, is this considered rape? One of them was Revenge of the Nerds, where a character wears a fucking Darth Vader mask, pretends to be a, a cheerleader's boyfriend. Has sex with her and then reveals, "Oh no, I'm actually the nerd that you don't like." And she's like, "Oh well, that you're really good at sex, so all is forgiven." Which is bullshit. I I did a rant for Ricardo. He asked me to do Revenge of the Nerds. I had never seen it, and I had spent like a good ten minutes being like, "I can't fucking believe this was filmed and released." That is that's just rape. So she she talked about that. She also talked about Deckard. Forcefully kissing Rachel. and she's like, "It doesn't matter that Rachel's a robot. That is fucking sexual harassment. That is assault, especially since the fact that he threw her. Mm-hmm. You know, he really shoved her across the room, and she's not feeling the kiss and then relents, which is basically, I'm caught in a corner. I can't get out of. I, there's no way of getting out of this, so I'll kiss, and then I'm free to go. The only thing that makes it different is that they decide to have a fucking kid in a sequel. That's the only reason why, like, Deckard's not in jail. That and replicants don't have rights, but, you know, whatever.
1: But well, I, mean, I think I mean,
2: also to kind of, like, build on your guys' dislike of Deckard is that he's not supposed to be likable. He's a guy who is a assassin that's taking down, you know... It, it,
1: right, but he's he's the depending prot- on
2: which story you're going for, taking down uh the his kind or taking down uh, basically what he's a racist against
1: you know but he, he, he he's I, not supposed to be likable, but he's the protagonist of the film and he's certainly no anti hero, so you either have to like him or or not, but you know like it, it he i don't know he you know, I think we also expected
0: well, too much of Harrison Ford
1: well no see i, you I don't, do you like Tony Soprano?
2: He's yes. not a likable person. He's not, he's he does terrible things. He's racist and sexist and like come on.
0: But you know that going into it though, you know that he's a mobster and that you're going don't don't give me that fucking look. You know he's supposed to be an antihero. What what makes a viewer watching Tony Soprano is oh fuck I'm relating to this character. It's the same thing with anybody relating to Walter White. There are people that are forced to do criminal things in order to pay for fucking medical bills. It's not, it's not uh, a good thing, but it is. There are good people that do bad things to fucking save their lives or whatever.
2: Look, I'm saying you don't always like your your protagonist.
0: Agreed, absolutely agreed. But I, it would help if he had. He was also very bland. He was, he, he, I didn't know how to gauge Deckard. He was, he was a P.I., he was a fucking hitman. He is, you know, what, 70 years previously he would have been played by Humphrey Bogart wearing a fedora. The difference is most of those characters in the old detective movies, they had a moral code, they had an honor system, and I just didn't, I couldn't figure out Deckard's honor. Or, or code. Like, honestly, the only character that really kind of, like, balanced those both sides of, I'm a villain, but I'm also trying to be a hero, is Ritger Hauer's character. Yeah. He, he yeah. chose to have his final seconds be to save Deckard. Yeah. And then give an amazing fucking monologue that, I don't know if you know Siege, but Ritger Hauer wrote, like, that whole, like, Tears of Saturn speech that he gives. Yeah. That was originally a long-ass monologue, and he said, fuck that. And he, like, rewrote it in, like, force in, like, one or two sentences, and it's, it's fucking astounding.
1: He, here's the thing about the first... Okay, so, for me, for, for the first one, there's a lot... <laughs> see, it's so weird, because you and I talk about how, especially me, I think a little more than you, but not not drastically, like... Dialogue. I'm a dialogue person. I. That's one of the reasons why I love Kevin's movie so much. It's not the dick and fart jokes. It's the dialogue. It's the the back and forth. Same.
0: Yeah. Same with know, Brothers. Same with Tarantino. Right, I'm with you.
1: Right. And this movie tries to do that, and doesn't succeed for me for at us, all. For us, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it it doesn't. It doesn't do dialogue well. It doesn't do action well. It doesn't do portrayal. Like, it just, none of it. The, like, I, I, you know, Mark Mark always makes a joke. It's okay for you to, like, not like good things or, or you know, right. or oh, it's okay for me to like bad things. But, like, this is, I, I don't, I, there's a lot of cult films that we've talked about that maybe I don't like, but I understood how it became a cult classic. I don't mm-hmm. understand how this one became a cult classic. I just don't get it. Like, I don't know why this hasn't just, you know, fucked off into the ether somewhere a long time ago, you know.
0: Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com
1: slash cloud.
0: You coming to bed, hon?
1: Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow!
0: Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance.
2: Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P-
0: please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
2: So there's two points that kind of like are blended for me, but I made them be two separate points depending on how much you guys wanted to talk about them. Sure. So... Uh, World building and costume designs and then cinematography choices versus the philosophical topics. So, okay, I think world building wise and the costumes that they made and how they did a really great visual separation of haves versus have nots. And the innovations of a lot of our clothing in the future is probably going to be leaning towards plastics because we don't have land to make organics, so we're not going to have our typical uh, cloth outfits. I think that was genius, and the way that s- cinemographically, that they were did they just do a simple pan of what future would look like is great. But I didn't like how the director was so goddamn slow on on a philosophy topic that is just fucking riveting like it should have been so much faster but it felt like an eternity getting from one scene to the next
1: it does feel like a very for for the length of time that the movie is and the length of the movie is only two hours it feels it like four. Right, it does. It feels like a four-hour movie. Now, here's the other thing, and, and I'm not picking on Ridley Scott, because um, but I am going to use another one of his films as a comparison, and it's a film we've already talked about, Rico, The Martian. The Martian feels like a very long movie. The difference is getting from point A to point B does not feel like it takes the four hours. There's a it's lot also- go- going on within that point A to point B that makes it... At least entertaining and keeps you like hooked in and, and at least for me. And I feel Every, like a lot of people, yeah. you know, so.
0: Every scene of The Martian is entertaining in some way because there's usually a joke thrown in. Right. Fuck, man. I wish there was a joke thrown in Blade Runner.
2: <laughs> well, a and joke, another, And period. another thing is, is is like the Martian cinemagraphic style kind of reminded me of Lawrence of Arabia. Like, things are supposed sure. to take a while because there's nothing. There's large expanses of nothing. Sure. And, it's, and the whole point is the landscape. And so when you're watching it, you're not feeling detached from it. You're feeling like you're there with him. You're there waiting with him two hours between having to do a, another recharge or whatever it was. Like, that was the point. But that slow of a progression in a future film where there's flying cars... It's fucking ridiculous. Oh, I agree. Yeah.
0: Let let me add this. Okay. Because neither of you seen the first alien. Correct.
1: (laughs) I've seen part of it.
0: Okay. Well, CJ, as a reminder, (laughs) alien franchise is on our docket in in the next couple of months.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Okay. So as you will soon find out at some point, alien one is a slow movie.
1: Oh the first... yeah, the, the the part I saw, I saw it all the way up until the dude thing busts out the dude's stomach, and I remember thinking that was slow as fuck. So I, 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 uh, I get it.
0: You've experienced it.
1: I have. No it, 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 it's, it, yeah. it's not
0: to say Ridley Scott only makes slow movies. Gladiator not a slow movie.
1: No. It, well, the the beginning's yeah. a bit slow. Uh,
0: okay, fine. His but, beginnings yeah. are always a bit slow, but he eventually he finds his groove. I would not really characterize. Uh, the Martian as a slow film, I think it paces itself very carefully. No,
1: it, it does. It, but it, no, it doesn't feel slow. It feels long. That's the thing about The Martian. The sure. Martian feels as long as this movie. That's what. That's how I use The Martian as my comparison piece. It feels as long as this movie, but the pacing is way different, so that the length doesn't feel overwhelming. Whereas this, I was like looking at the clock going, is this fucking thing over yet i mean like yeah, it,
0: it is decker going to shoot somebody what no, the fuck right, is he like do? The,
1: there's, there's right. I, and i i don't mind dialogue and introspection and and investigation like i don't mind those things in films i enjoy those things in most films it wasn't done well in there i film. would
0: love to see quentin tarantino do blade runner i would love to see it would be a
1: very different movie yeah and yeah and, it'd be it, good and, you know, in terms of visually speaking, stuff like, I, I, I'm all for cinematography and, and set design and costume design and doing things like that. But, like, honestly, you know, if we're going to stick with dystopian, futuristic films, I feel like, and and I'm going to stay with the same time frame in terms of uh, when the movie was made, I feel like Escape from New York did a way better job of doing a dystopian, futuristic world than
0: then this she, she hasn't she hasn't seen escape from new york
1: well fair enough but i'm saying i just don't want to say for the audience like, i feel i feel like that movie did a way better than blade runner did
0: i think for i think for its time it, it the the effects and the you know flying cars and the set was as astounding as it could be i i think the author who wrote the book visited the set like before he died. And I don't know if he saw a a rough copy of the film or not, but he saw the set design and he said, this is exactly how I envisioned this. You guys got down to the details that I never told anybody. He's like, he was like, how the fuck did you know? Like he had like private sketches and notes. Like, did somebody give you my notes? How the fuck did you know this? How did you know this was supposed to look like this?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and he was very impressed. I feel that is some validation. the author is very impressed and then they die happy, then that's pretty good. I will also acknowledge it was a boring-ass movie. I felt the exact same way 20 years ago as I did uh, now. It, it, it was
1: just... Now, here, when here I... here's something... I'm sorry, Rico, go ahead.
0: When I brought up Alien, you I I completely had a different outlook, because I tried watching the first Alien also when I was younger, and it was really slow. It was really boring, until the fucking Alien burst out of its chest. Fuck, is something gonna fucking happen? This fucking movie is misleading. The title is bullshit. When are they gonna fucking do something? God damn it, where's the fucking Alien? But then, I watched it, what, six months ago? And I have a whole new appreciation for it. It is... Jaws in space. I know I'm fucking talking to two people who don't give a fuck about Jaws, but you, guys, <laughs> but you guys know my stance on Jaws. Like, I fucking love that movie. It is a slow burner. It is... it.
2: But the, but the point of, like, a Jaws slow burn is to build suspense. He,
1: That's the point. He, here's an interesting thing. Go ahead, Jeff. Let, let, let me just
2: yeah. first one second. My yeah. problem is that this... The Blade Runner concept is not supposed to be a build suspense slow burn. Agreed. It's supposed to be a fast action. Oh my god, the shit is happening. What's going to happen next? Right. And they they filmed it as though it's a tension building. Feature, and it's not. It's not. I know.
0: That's what uh, you beat me because I was going to say like this is how if you're going to use slow burn, it better be for suspense. This is not a suspense film. This is noir in the future. This is neo noir, right? But goddammit, it, he could have trimmed thirty-five fucking minutes of dialogue and, like, oh my god, look at how awesome this detail, this ship is. Yeah, all right. Well, you fucking shoot a robot, goddammit? it. And then even when he shot the fucking steak bot, you know, the woman with the fucking steak, which I'm, I'm sure CJ fucking loved that goddamn portion of the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like. You were probably like, shoot her again, shoot her again. Oh, I
1: didn't you know, mind her. I just wanted to shoot the snake. Um, but,
0: you, but even then I was like, Steph was right. The 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 framing of how this gunfight happened and all the fights in the first film, it looked like they spent more time on the set and not rehearsing.
1: Mm. So we interrupted you, CJ. What no, you it's okay. Say? No, 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 it's fine. I'm gonna list About four or five, maybe six titles here, and for both of you, if you've seen them or not, let me know if you feel like these were slow stories, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to tell you anything beyond, except I'm going to name these titles, and I'll tell you why. Total Recall. No. Okay. Minority Report. No. No. Okay. Paycheck. No. No. See... All right. Well, then I'm losing my point because all these I'm listening to me felt slow. I enjoyed a lot of them, but they felt slow, like slow. Uh,
0: Out of the ones that you mentioned, I would say Minority Report is the slowest, but it's not nearly as slow as Blade Runner. I know what you're aiming for. These are all Philip K. Dick. They are all
1: his. They're all his. And I feel like that maybe because I was blaming Ridley Scott and I'm wondering if it's more. Philip K. Dick, and it's his writing.
0: To be fair, I don't think any of us have read any Philip K. Dick.
1: I haven't, no.
0: But I, I mean, Total Recall is I would if there's ever been a slow movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It, I mean, that has a lot of action. It's got a lot of shooting. It's got a lot of action. It's Okay, so may- to maybe
1: make. maybe not that one. I haven't. And of uh, the ones I'm listing, that's the only one I haven't seen. So I, I'm, I'm honestly being a little unfair on that one, but but uh, Minority Report I felt was slow. Like it's good, but it's slow.
0: When, when was the last time you saw it? Because we saw it pretty recently.
1: It's been a while. I, I mean, I I don't think it was like when it first came out, but it's been a while. Yeah.
0: I would argue it's one of Tom Cruise's and Spielberg's slower movies, but I would we since we saw it recently, it's there are portions that are kind of slow, but it's still a Tom Cruise action fucking movie.
1: Uh, maybe, maybe it slows supposed, the wrong... It, it's supposed to be paced
2: a little bit like you're watching a detective figure shit out. So it's not going to be, you know... Right, but it, I'm saying... It's going have to have moments of reflection.
1: Well, j- just to finish off real quick, the ones I didn't mention, just to, to finish off, there's also Skinner Darkly... Which is a very slow film. Mm-hmm. And then um, I didn't see The Adjustment Bureau, but I hear that's – I've heard that about that film. So I, I don't know how accurate it is, but I've heard that. The
2: Adjustment and, Bureau, no. It's like almost constantly moving. And yeah, then,
1: I and have, then I have to agree. And then Man in the High Castle, which is not a movie, but it's a TV series that was on Amazon Prime that I've I've watched. It's It's really good, but it is, again, slow. I think
0: it depends on the filmmaker who wants to adapt the adaptation, the sure. subject.
1: I guess that's her. I mean, I, I was just trying to maybe, you know, maybe it wasn't Ridley. Maybe it was more the writing, you know. but Rid-
0: Ridley, li- here, like even the difference between Ridley and his brother, Tony, is pretty rampant. Like Ridley, Ridley Scott loves to showcase scenery and sets like Gladiator.
1: And Martian. even he what? Martian too. That's the sense Martian? of very, yeah.
0: I mean, shit. Half of what you see in the movie Hannibal, the sequel to sounds lambs is look at how beautiful Florence is. It, it really is like, here's Italy. Here's more Italy. Do you like Italy? Here's some more fucking Italy. <laughs> like I, I, it's beautiful. But then you're like, isn't fucking Anthony Hopkins in this fucking movie. Like what happened in Hannibal? <laughs> um, Whereas Tony Scott, you know, Tony Scott does quick actiony fucking movies. He did, he works a lot with, well, he worked, he, he's he's uh, since passed. Right. And by passed, I mean he fucking killed himself.
1: Right, we talked about uh, that before.
0: Yeah. But he did True Romance. There's no, I mean, apart from like the Sicilian scene, there's really no slow in that movie. But mm-hmm. that's that's where slow is done effectively, where it's we're creating tension. Is Dennis Hopper going to walk out of the scene? What's going to happen is fucking blah, 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 Where the, the monologues fuel the dread. So I do think Ridley Scott, you know, it, can be a very talented filmmaker. I don't think he gives as much of a fuck about dialogue as much as we like. And I think when he does have too much dialogue, or when he does decide to do dialogue, I'm just going to say it bluntly. I think he expects too much of his audience. I think he expects his audience to be deep thinkers. And some people just want to watch Harrison Ford shoot some shit.
2: But some people who are deep thinkers want a movie that actually challenges us.
0: Okay. Are you challenged?
2: (laughs) I mean, I just didn't like the pacing. (laughs) I, i have no complaints about the dialogue i didn't like the pacing of the film
0: i think it's likely that you would probably like the book adaptation
2: yeah look there's big philosophical topics that are being here being talked about here like the rights of those who are oppressed what is what is considered uh you know human nature what is what to what degree of consciousness do you provide the rights of humanity you know if you give an ai the semblance of being a human is it is it not a human Steph, like there's there's so many heavy things that are being discussed
0: Steph, let me ask you this do you but think it's
2: it so fucking slow
0: let me ask you both this guys do you think blade runner or the you know, do electric sheep dream of fucking whatever the fuck? <laughs> do you think the adaptation would be mo- most coherent and expand upon as a TV show a whole lot better than a movie? Or do you think it could be just as boring and just as slow paced? Do no, you think, think if I, I, HBO I, I, or Netflix I, I, said we want to make an, a TV series, maybe lasting up to three seasons, a Blade Runner, would you have more hopes?
1: I think it would work better, and it's funny you bring that up because they are making it. So, oh well, fuck me! Uh, it's a, um, but it's a, it's an anime.
0: God damn it! I just can't fucking win, can I?
2: I mean, that's not surprising.
0: It Look, is a little surprising. They, did,
2: they basically did make a TV series about this. It's the, it's the Swedish TV series Real Humans. So, in Real Humans, people can go and purchase. A lifelike animatronic that comes and does your chores and things at home can be like a babysitter. It can be whatever you basically want it to be. There's different models for, you know, different ages and genders and whatever. And they're supposed to be like an iRobot not having emotional connection. The actual robot that that you purchase. But they end up having... Feelings and consciousness and learned experiences and connection with with their with their owners to the point where, like, some people fall in love and there's this there's this race dichotomy issue that happens in society that says we are against robots. They destroy that robot destroyed my marriage. We got divorced because of that robot, like, fell in love with my with my spouse and there's this racism against these these robotics, like it it has been done, and it's um, really fucking good, like. And I think
1: Rico, you nice. you might be no, I'm sorry, you might be interested in this as well. It's already been out, it's out and done and over with. But there was a a series called Total Recall 2070 that was on. I know of it. It was on Showtime, and it's actually a. According to what I'm reading here, it's a blend of Total Recall and Blade Runner. So oh. it it's here. I'll read this to you very quickly. Uh takes place in a dark, crowded, industrial, cosmopol- cosmopolitan setting with a noir, sci-fi aesthetic. The government bureaucracy is heavily influenced by a small number of extremely powerful companies called the Consortium. Include, uh, let me move forward. Dave Hume is a senior detective for the Citizens Protection Bureau, a police agency focused on general public safety, after his partner is killed by a self-aware android. his He has partnered against his wishes with uh, a naive officer who's new to the department who is himself secretly an alpha class android. So... It's yeah, uh, I don't it's not on anymore. It aired back in 1999. So I don't know if you'd have to like buy it or find it somewhere. But it wasn't heard about it. But it aired on Showtime. So it would have what you're talking about in terms of like, it, it's not going to be limited to what they can say and do and you know, all that kind of stuff. So Look, to answer
2: your question, yeah, I think it would be a successful TV series because you would be learning – you would be more invested in the Mm. two sides and their point of views and the issues. We don't get that opportunity in the two hours, especially when 45 minutes of the two hours is just scenery. Look at this ship. (laughs) Like – yeah, I think it would be it would be successful as a TV series. Well,
0: don't you remember I compared watching both Blade Runners to, like, the first two Star Trek movies? Because it was exactly the same thing. It was like, look at all the scenery. Look at how all our budget went to this fucking enterprise. Isn't that amazing? And then you get to Wrath of Khan, you're like, okay, now we can actually make a movie? Like, I'm, I, I enjoyed 2049 way more than Blade Runner 1. It was... I felt like Ryan Gosling, who was so uh, stoic, as a word, you know, for throughout his whole performance, and then for him to like re- unleash that, god damn it, like fucking scene where he fucking loses his shit for like a second.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought, I thought he did a fucking fantastic job. I also think Harrison Ford, like CJ said, was more interesting and likable. In this in the sequel that he was in the first film, um, I have got to say, I think Edward James almos w- was absolutely creepy in the first one and just as creepy as the second one. I'm glad they brought him back. But in the first film, I kept trying to picture out, like figure out if he was a villain or a hero. And I he let them go. He, you know, gave them an escape route. Blah blah blah. But and then you're, but,
2: you're talking about the guy who did the origami stuff. Gaff. Yeah.
0: Yes. I I was, throughout the first film, I kept thinking like, is he going to double cross Ridley or so? Uh, not Ridley. Uh, uh, Deckard. Uh,
2: no. I I had been envis- envisioned him as a neutral.
0: It was it was his mustache. His mustache was creepy.
2: I wouldn't say it's creepy. It's just it made him a little more on, ominous than he needed to be.
0: He looked like an evil Colonel Sanders.
2: <laughs>
0: but I will say this. We were talking about like, oh, well, you know, this show about robots and people falling in love with machines. I'm Like men and women have been falling in love with fucking machines forever. They're called vibrators and sex toys. Like, uh, you know, like husbands get jealous very easily, you're like, oh, this fucking thing with batteries satisfies my wife better than I do. You know, going through this whole discussion of Blade Runners and blah, 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 it's made me more than ever want to actually give the show uh, Westworld a chance. Because it and does... I he- I've
2: been wanting I he- to watch it.
1: I hear it's really fucking good. I
0: I saw the first episode with Michael. We were also fucking drunk. So, like... That's not the way to start that show. But I also saw the original uh way back when with fucking Yule Brenner. And I was like, this is fucking nuts. But of course, the guy who wrote it, who wrote the book about hmm, a a theme park going awry is mm-hmm. also the same guy who did fucking Jurassic Park. So right. shout out to fucking there. Michael Crichton. Not okay, Dick. Which, by know, the way, not right. to
1: change subject completely, but if you have not seen the movies that made us season two and the deep dive on Jurassic Park, watch it.
0: I'm, I'm, you know, now more than ever, I'm like, I need to start watching that shit.
1: That show is really good. First off, first I'm, and foremost, I'm going but, to. Yeah, I'm going definitely. to.
0: I'm gonna fucking eat some leftover Chinese food and fucking put on some goddamn, you know, the movies that made us. All right, <laughs> Steph, what's left, what's left on your list?
2: Um. Okay, if you want to move along, let's see. So there's big twists that happen in both films. What did you think of them?
0: The big twist of the first film implying what? Because I'm trying to, I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing. What, what twist are you talking about of the first
1: film?
2: No, no, I just wanted your guys' thoughts about the big twists that happened.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I, I feel like I don't know what big twist you're referring to. Like honestly, I don't feel like there was much of a twist in the first one i
0: I feel like the big twist is the one that no one really fucking that everyone spends most of their time discussing is deckard a fucking replicate or not right and i say that if it is a twist now it doesn't make sense leading up to the second one you just like so if that's the twist that you're referring to then i mean it's fine for a standalone film it's great for discussion but to lead to a second film, it doesn't make any bit of goddamn sense now. Uh the twist of the second film, which is that the only other woman in the movie is is the daughter. Well, it's kind of like Luke saying, I have a sister, hmm, it must be Leia.
1: <laughs>
0: it's well, like, a yeah, wait, dude. There is only wait. one other fucking woman in the whole goddamn wait, galaxy, s- according to George Lucas.
1: Say that again, Rico. Because I think, yeah, I think I'm I'm missing something you said. Because I, w- what he... did you say it was?
2: In in the second film in the 2049, the big right. twist is that K is not the organic. As they're trying to okay. lead up, that he was supposed to be the organic baby.
1: The Rico, the way you said it sounded different in my head. That for the some reason.
0: daughter is is the only other actress in the movie you know the fucking woman (laughs) who creates (laughs) yeah the crew creates the fucking memories that's harrison ford's love child right yeah that's if that's the twist i'm like yeah i i i get it i see what's coming as soon as they said you know oh no it was a little girl get off your high horse fucking ryan gosling you're not special and I'm like, all right, it's the fucking memory, creator, director, lady. I, I get it. Yeah, it cool. has I, You know, the biggest twist was, I can't believe Frank Sinatra was in a fucking science fiction movie.
2: <laughs> you know, for me, like, the one thing that I really just couldn't wrap my head around is that the, our lead, Ryan Gosling, K, mm. or Joe, as he later calls himself, he is a replicant that has been a replicant in the in the police force that has the skew thing that does the robot questionnaire all the time but he's questioning whether or not he's organic
1: well because like, he because he's half if he was if he was the product of the love child he would be half replicant so it would be
2: he wouldn't have a skew under his eye
1: i don't remember there being a skew
2: it's a it's a number. You have to look up. There's a number under your eye. That's how he, you know, confirmed that you're a replicant.
1: He uh, is a replicant,
0: but exactly.
2: He, but the whole time that the the film is is making the audience question whether or not he's a replicant or an organic. Just maybe,
1: like how
2: we question, you know, uh, Harrison Ford being a replicant or being organic.
0: Well, <laughs> if I fucked a machine and it had a baby. And it had a fucking, you know, scanning, like like a scan card on its ass. I'd be like, well, that's a weird birthmark, you know? So, I, I mean, the the whole thing of him trying to question whether he's a replicant or not makes an interesting movie. But deep down, we're all kind of like, there's no fucking way he's a replicant. Or no, there's no way that he's a human.
2: Like the whole time when they were trying to pull the wool over our eyes and be like, maybe he's the one. I was just like. They're gonna have to do some real big fucking explaining because <laughs> yeah, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> it's,
0: it's a it's a birthmark. Like
2: that twist. That twist was far less impactful than how it is in the first one with her I, sports character. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I think what was like more interesting was, uh, fucking Princess Buttercup being in a second oh!
2: movie. Yeah.
0: Uh, Lieutenant Joshi, J-O-S-H-I, Joshi, Joshi. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I... Like, Lieutenant.
0: Like, good for Robin Dan. Wright for like huh?
1: <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant, da- no, it's Lieutenant Jedi.
1: Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> fucking, I, ever since Wonder Woman, I just
0: call her General Buttercup. Now,
1: <laughs> I just wa- I just watched fucking Forrest Gump again the other night.
0: Is that why you were like? What are these days? Do you want to do Forrest Gump? I'm like, sure. That's we're still exactly, doing Blade Runner. Yeah. But...
1: I, was, I was about halfway through the movie when I texted you that.
0: I was like, yeah, after Blade Runner. We fucking, like, Steph really wants us to do this one.
1: Oh, I didn't mean, like, today. I just meant, yeah. yeah.
0: We'll fucking, we'll, we'll get to your fucking, you ain't got no thanks, Lieutenant Dad. Yes, I know that. <laughs> so, I,
1: anyway, you were making a point about about her.
0: No, I just said I liked her in the fucking movie. I, I always I always found it interesting of any actress who like comes and does a complete opposite role of anything that she's ever done because she's not all like this in Princess Bride, she's not all like this in fucking uh Forrest Gump, she's not all like this in um Wonder Woman.
2: I know I she's like a she's like a racist. <laughs>
0: you know, she she was as I kept expecting her to be a true villainous throughout this film, and then they fucking are like, nope, we're just gonna... The other woman, evil bitch, killed her. Yeah. And my, I, I It was a weird-ass movie. Like, I, I... Both movies, I didn't feel like, wow, that was worth watching. I was like, wow, I really need a drink. <laughs> like, it was... It, it, it was the complete opposite of, like, the high and joys of watching Star Wars as a kid. Like... It's I, and,
2: supposed to be highs and joys, honey. wait
0: it's, when you don't know going into it, like, imagine it's 1980, fuck, and you're like, I'm going to, look, Harrison Ford, future, a detective movie, robots, and fucking
1: shit. I, I was gonna... expecting more of, of a Escape from New York, an iRobot, a Johnny Mnemonic. I, I was expecting that more of a film than we got. And you well, get John you get mnemonic a little more dark. of you get a little more of that with the second one than you do with the first one. What did you say, Steph?
2: Johnny mnemonic is
1: dark. It's, it's not dark, but it's happy and go lucky. <laughs> lucky, not about, lucky. It's not about it's not none of those movies I just listed are happy or go lucky, <laughs> but they're they're moving. You're you're you're
0: And they're entertaining.
1: Yes, exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. They're they're all moving at a at a forward pace, whereas this really sits in its own bathwater for a long fucking time yeah no I, I i have
2: complaints about the pacing of this but the topic is still intriguing
1: it is an interest they are
0: interesting enough movies to have a discussion about it but like i honestly could live my whole fucking life without having to watch either of these films uh, um
1: i would watch 402049 again i'm not saying i'd actively it, like put it on but if it was on i'd be like all right i'll watch that
0: if they made a see, if they made a third one, I'll check it out. But like, ultimately, I'm not so invested. Where I'm like, ooh, I wonder what happened to fucking, whatever. You know, like I like out of all this, I was more upset that K lost out on his, you know, girlfriend. I thought that relationship was very interesting. Yes, and yeah. that she, I. That's my point. Is like when, when you're in, yeah, uh, your robotic girlfriend. When your okay. Scarlett Johansson, yeah, when your fucking android girlfriend is more interesting than Harrison Ford in the first film, whatever, man, like that, <laughs> you fucked up. Um, Before I forget, I did want to say that the first film is set in 2019, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And Rutger Howard's character dies in 2019. I found out Rutger Howard died in real life in 2019.
1: <laughs> well, that's just an yeah. irony for you. Yeah. Uh, he also he, bought a boat called that he named Blade Runner from the money he made on that movie. So
0: that's he uh, I he was definitely underrated in this film. Uh, no, uh, I, th- I
1: think I think the underrated in, the, in that movie was Daryl Hannah.
0: Daryl Hannah, for sure. I also there's that portion where she like runs and slides and actually breaks a car window or something. Do you remember that? No. She runs away from the professor. Who like sees her amongst the trash and then mm-hmm. invites her to go stay at his house for a while? Oh yeah and she and she scampers away like scared for a minute and then like s- like her she loses her bearings on her feet and slides because the the set was wet and her mm-hmm. hand breaks like a car window. That wasn't like planned. She actually accidentally punched. Through a fucking car window, and broke her hand, and like had to get stitches and shit.
1: Wow, Jeez.
2: that
0: sucks. Yeah, like she is the real Blade Runner. <laughs> so, well, um... I mean, we've
2: already kind of talked on like the cliffhangers of you know, like how in the first one the cliffhanger was the they're fugitives now, are they going to survive? And then, like in the second one, it's like,
0: will they be accepted? Yeah. You know, the next one is going to be all these robots are birthing kids. Like, are they, are, are like, are they the new age of robotic millennials? Uh, but, uh, Steph, anything else?
2: Okay. So, what did you guys think about how the movies portrayed, like, the big bad character versus their henchmen? that did that did things for them.
0: So are you asked like the big robotic makers like Jared Leto and and then like their ones that they would send out to go do shit? Is that what you're asking?
1: Well, I mean that's that's the question for the first one. Who is the big bad? Because I don't feel like Wallace is the big bad in that film. That's not how I felt that character was. You know, to me, the big bad in that film is Rutger Hauer. I get what he's going for, so he's more. And, and going back to the conversation about antiheroes, he's more of an antihero than fucking Deckard is in that film. But he's still an antagonist. Like I, I don't feel like you have a big, really a big bad with henchmen in the first one, unless you're counting Pris and the other robots that are the Replicants that escaped with him.
0: I think the biggest villain of the first one is Ridley Scott. I'm just, you know.
2: (laughs) Well, no, like, I know that we're supposed to view the robots who are trying to get to to the doctor, the guy who created them. We're supposed to view them as the bad guys. Because they'll do anything. They'll kill anybody to access their creator. But I didn't view them as the villains.
0: Well, they did find the creator, and then they killed the creator. So, like...
2: Because he told them that you're fucked.
0: <laughs> well, what did, they, what did he... I mean, they, he also literally said, like, there's nothing I could do. Based on the time span of what you guys have left on your years and minutes and seconds and shit, I don't have the capabilities of, ex- of extending your lifespan. Maybe if you guys came to me, you know, instead of killing everybody and hiding out, I, maybe we could have done this a whole lot better. But, hey, guess what? In the sequel, they it all worked out. They all have fucking lifespans and shit.
2: Well, he's a villain because he had the capability of making sure that they could live forever. But well, he listen, purposely he... chose them to be finite.
0: Rutger Hauer is a villain in the same sense that people looked at Che Guevara as a villain. Agreed. You know, he's a revolutionist. He's he's he he's the ends justify the means kind of thing. You know, he's like, I'm going to like you get the impression that he enjoys killing, you know. So there is that sociopathic tendency of Rick Howard's character, especially Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah looked wild eyed and scary flipping yeah. around. She also could have done more fucking damage if she stopped flipping. You know maybe just grab the dude and snap his neck Instead of being like I'm gonna jump On your head and like you Give you an opportunity to fucking fling me off Like come on She was scary but Stupid Um,
2: Male gaze just wanted to see Her body flinging around
0: I don't understand it I didn't like it I was more of like I don't want a bitch who flips around I want someone who sits down and cuddles (laughs) (laughs) Um I have got to give credit. I'll answer the the other portion, but, like, we didn't talk nearly much about Sean Young uh, because Sean Young is kind of persona non grata in Hollywood. Like, she, she I, I, she's Einhorn in the first Ace Ventura. She's the fucking... She's the transgender, you know, fucking cop, and she is the, you know... It, it's hard to think about that movie now, especially uh, with developing uh, sympathies of the transgendered community, you cannot make that movie now. Um, But even beyond that, Sean Young is bipolar, and a lot of her career was not medicated, and she did a lot of batshit, crazy, stalker shit. She was originally supposed to play Kim Basinger's role in the first Batman but she broke her arm or something so Kim Basinger got the role so when he was when they were making Batman Returns she in her own mind was like well I'm obviously going to be Catwoman because I was promised one role and due to circumstances I couldn't make that role so I'm owed a role and Tim Burt was like no and she kept like she made her own Catwoman costume and kept stocking the Warner brothers lots and like found Tim Burton's office, Tim Burton hid under his desk, hiding from Sean young. I just, I think she's got her shit together finally. But like, there's like allegations from James. James Woods is fucking crazy as all hell. And Sean young scared the fuck out of him. Like she fucking left like a disfigured doll on his fucking doorstep. And was like, thought they were in love. Like, I hope Sean Young gets all the help she needs. But I like watching her, for her performance in Blade Runner as Rachel does not all signify how fucking mentally ill Sean Young was in real life. So I think it's the best acting I've ever seen anybody do knowing how crazy she is and how not crazy she is on film is pretty fucking astounding. But yeah, Jared Leto was fucking terrifying I would argue he, I mean, he's just as a villain as Love, as the henchwoman Love. Love is the one who's supposed to go out and fucking snap the necks, but mm-hmm. fucking Jared Leto and his opaque eyes, uh, you know, he's not one to not get his hands dirty, too. He gutted a fucking android. If he had the ability to have the people that he wanted dead in front of him, he would gut them, is how I look at it.
1: I mm-hmm. look, I look at it this way. I think it's a good it's a good take on the comparison of the two films in the second one, you have a char- you have a main character you know you understand what his mission is. you may not like it, you may like it, you may like him, you may not like him, but it's clear. you have an enemy you're clear on you have you have underlings you're clear on like the whole second movie is clear who's who, who's doing what, Who's why they're doing what. There's a little bit of a twist with the daughter, which is fine. I think that's okay. You can have a twist, but you have clear, concise ideas of what the fuck is going on. And <laughs> in, the, in the first one, I, that that's really the question I kept asking myself. What the fuck is going on here? And, right. and you just never really get, it, it never pays off. It never pays off for me. You know, and 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 in the first one, you get that. So, you know, having having there
2: I didn't have any issues of what was going on in the first film. Like it wasn't like I was following along just fine.
0: Steph, you're smarter than us. I, you know, there you go.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's why we bring you on. Well, look like,
0: to 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 fuel with CJ's point. When the first movie ended, I'm like, that's it. That, it it's fucking over. What the fuck happened? I asked you so. What the fuck was that?
1: There's, no, sto- like There's that- no story arc to the first one. The first, uh, the <laughs> first one is is the first one's a flat line because it's dead on arrival. But the second one at least has a story arc. It starts. You get a you get a, a middle part and you get your your payoff. You know whether you like it or not is a different conversation. But at least you get that arc from beginning to end. Whereas you know. I don't know.
0: I mean, I hate Elvis, but it had a great fucking Elvis fight scene in the second one. I was riveted. I'm like, this is, I like how like the power kept fucking flatlining just like the first movie, you know, (laughs) but like the fact that like Harrison Ford and like, uh, Ryan Gosling are fighting with like projected like Elvis in the background and it kept stopping and then finally Harrison's like. All right, stop! I like this song. Like, what the fuck is going on in these movies? But at least the second one has some funny moments where you're like, "They're, they're." I think it's like they made the second one because they're very aware of how, whatever the first one was, it's bleak, it's boring, it's it's confusing in certain areas. You know, not everybody's going to fucking look at this and be like, oh, my God, this is sci-fi heaven stuff. You know, this is gonna.
2: <laughs> it it's so funny because both of you were like, yeah, I'll watch the second one again. And I'm like, I'll only watch the second one if I watch the first one first. Like, and I, I said, really well, just I'm... away from the second one, not liking
1: it as much as you guys do. Like,
0: and I, I would have said, well, I guess I'm not watching anything again. <laughs> Or you'll, I go, not...
1: or you'll just go have a smoke and take a shit, because by the time you get done all that, the first movie will be over. So
0: Yes, because it takes me three hours to have a smoke and a shit.
1: <laughs> well, some mornings. Um... <laughs> I lived in for ten days. So we...
0: You know what, dude? Suck my Philip K. dick, okay, motherfucker? Like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so, anyway. Um... I, I don't have much more to add to this, really. So, Steph, if you you want to keep going, by all means, but I... The, I...
2: Last, the last thing that I was going to talk about when yeah. we are ready to wrap up is just um what did you think about the throwbacks that they did in the first film or, or the second one from the first? Like, I thought it was very tasteful how they connected the first film into the 2049 film.
0: I, I said it earlier. It's a seamless sequel. Yeah. It, it is as close to... Like, I don't, I don't doubt that Ridley Scott had nothing to do with the second one. He was very much probably, like, on par. He was with, supposed to direct
1: it, and then about a year before they started shooting, he chose not to, but was very hands-on as a producer. That's what I read. So he was... Okay. Yeah.
0: I I thought all the flashbacks, all the audio recordings were very tasteful. Yeah. I think bringing back Edward James almost is very good. Um, and I, it didn't even uh, click to me that it was him because it was very like kind of far away and then you're, he's talking to fucking Ryan Gosling and then he makes the origami fucking thing. And I'm like, oh my God, it's fucking creepy Sanders. Oh my God.
1: Um, <laughs> um,
0: I think here, uh, Sean Young did come back for that one portion where they show a, you know, what Rachel looked like back in 19 or no, not not, not nineteen, twenty nineteen, 2019, um, you know, they did the, you know, the deaging aging thing, but they also had another actress on set and Sean Young, like had to remember her method of walking and how she felt in those scenes when they were filming the first Blade Runner, So she was giving her, a tutorial of how to walk like me you know because she's what 60 now so it's, it's she's not going to move as fluid you know despite what Martin Scorsese thinks old people can't walk young even if you de-age them
1: <laughs>
0: fucking Irishman um, she's
1: 61 wow November. I was really close she'll be actually uh, she'll be 62 in November so
0: well fucking happy birthday Sean Young um how old is Harrison Ford, 207 or which, you know, <laughs> which I, I, I thought enough. I, again, I felt like as much as CJ and I don't respect the first one, I think the second one did a great job respecting the first one.
1: Agreed. I agree with that. Uh, he is 79.
0: He is 179. He is, he looks good. He looks like shit for 79, but he looks great for 179. Ah, Fucking Harrison Ford. See, maybe that's why they were able to fucking have a a kid, because he's part Ford. You know, he's just part machine, and and (laughs) he's more machine than man. (laughs) That's such a bad joke. Are we done
1: yet? CJ here with a few thank yous to let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. Listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcast. Please don't forget to rate and comment. If you want to agree with or yell at us, you can do it live. That's right. Rico and I put ourselves on a weekly live stream called Getting Vocal with Potaskew" every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific at getvocal.com slash That's www dot g-e-t-v-o-k-l dot com slash where we discuss various topics from past and present shows and even sometimes play games if you can or don't want to join us live you can follow rico me and the show on twitter the show is at potaskew rico is at rance rico and i'm at m underscore blade we want to thank logo designer and show friend mike for his work on our wonderful logo You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel-Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Yay, Rico. I got nothing, man.